Okay. Welcome to the Why Music Podcast, where we talk to independent artists about their journeys, the inspirations behind their music, and ultimately why they make music. This next artist is a North Carolina native and indie folk artist with many releases under his belt. Currently based in Brooklyn, the sounds is so far from genre bound, altering the pure definition of indie rock in a new way. Welcome, Sequoia. Hi, thanks. Glad to be here. Um, I always like to start things off with getting sort of some background on where your journey with music all started. Yeah, I mean, ever since I was, I, I mean, before I can remember, I always wanted to be involved with music in some capacity. Um, it, it took me a little while to actually start learning how to play instruments, but definitely from a young age, I was like singing songs and, and you know, doing what I could. And then... Uh, I got like a practice guitar when I was, uh, or a beginner guitar when I was probably about uh, in second grade, I'd say. Um, and then I, I kind of worked with that for a little bit until fifth grade, I got my first electric bass and I started, that was pretty much my first actual instrument that I started actually playing with. And uh, so, yeah, I, I was in a band with friends and I had a friend who was really good at guitar and a friend who was a drummer and um so they convinced me that like i should be the bassist because it would be good for the band and I ended up working out and then uh kind of i played bass for a long time and then from there i kind of transitioned to um, a bunch of different instruments so i've been really trying to expand my knowledge of uh of like all sorts of uh instruments so i've, I've gotten to like learn quite a few since then so it starting as like a musician and diving into these different sorts of instruments and things and really just trying to do a little bit of it all. Um, at what point did you start sort of like writing your own music? Um, I mean, really very early on, I would write like little short songs, like in my notebook and then kind of like, as I got a little bit older, it would kind of be more detailed, but even in, in like fourth and fifth grade, my friends and I were writing like full, you know, two, three minute songs um, and a lot of covers, but we were coming up with some original stuff. And I was, I was kind of more of the, the lyrics um, person on that. So really, really uh, from a very young age, I would, I would make up my own songs and, and finally got into like sort of writing them and, and expanding them out. So along that kind of timeline, at what point did you go from a member of this band to like pursuing your own sort of project? Like what made you decide to kind of start your own journey as an artist rather than a member of this band? Yeah, um, definitely in, in high school. I, um, I, I think it pretty much, it, it didn't necessarily start, but it <clears throat> it definitely exploded sort of more when I got my first like personal laptop and I got a Mac and um, I was probably about 17. And uh, so I started really using GarageBand and I had kind of used it with friends before, but now I had my own computer that I could I could use by myself and so in my free time I started making more stuff on GarageBand and um, I would upload it to SoundCloud or to YouTube and um, and 
you know, it really allowed me to record, you know, like multiple parts. And that's part of the reason why I learned so many instruments is because um, I definitely like really jumped into doing a lot of solo stuff. So I wanted to try and be able to do as much stuff, uh, you know, by myself as possible, um, especially because a lot of musicians can generally be kind of flaky. So uh, I just wanted to like make stuff and release it as soon as possible. And the best way I found to do that was to learn how to play all the parts myself. That's definitely it can be a quicker approach. Sometimes you'll get lucky with ones that are very cooperative and very yeah. like have a sense of time and urgency, but a lot of times they do just kind of very go with the flow. And so relying on that can be difficult, especially if you're on your own kind of timeline. So good for you for taking it upon yourself to really like actually learn all the parts instead of just like doing what some of us do and, you know, uh, making it up in the DAW itself. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, so how do you, like, how did your sound kind of like overall develop from, like, do, do you think that like the stuff that you're doing now is sort of in the same general realm of the stuff that you were doing, like with the band, or did you like, when you kind of went separate, did you kind of take it in a completely like new direction and just essentially sort of start fresh? Um, yeah, I think I would definitely sort of start fresh. I've definitely, since I was younger, have expanded. Uh, I mean, even back then, I listened to a variety of stuff, but since then, I've I've kind of made it uh, an obligation to like really listen to all sorts of different stuff. And so, as I've kind of progressed, I've pulled uh, like inspiration from a larger and larger variety of of different uh elements like whether it be actual sort of like music uh techniques or even just sort of editing um and mixing techniques um but i would say early on it was <clears throat> my friends and i were kind of playing more explicitly like classic rock and and that sort of like style and then as we got older we got more into sort of indie rock and post-punk revival and stuff like that and um and then definitely like a pretty big like hip-hop phase there as well um but we all started kind of listening to our own different things um but especially with <clears throat> spotify um you know coming around we we kind of were able to just sort of unlock an even bigger catalog of of music that was completely different to like the stuff that was normally accessible to us um so i kind of took that and ran with it and on the stuff that i've released on soundcloud has been very like extremely varied um genre wise and uh since then um i also do this like regular sort of um challenge on instagram where i make these one minute songs and each one has to be a different genre so i've kind of also been able to force myself to like listen to those genres and then i eventually pull from those to put into sort of like my sound which has a lot of variation but definitely leans more indie folk generally i mean 
I'm a big advocate for having a little bit of everything, at least like consumption wise can really kind of feed into creating something new. Like if you're limiting yourself to listening to one kind of narrow pathway, all you're ever going to do is just follow suit in that one narrow pathway. So by kind of expanding and even experimenting with these different sounds, you're allowing yourself to try something new because who knows, maybe like this one thing that you tried, like for you, for example, like with that challenge, like maybe there's something that you tried in there. You're like, I'm actually not bad at this. I actually kind of like this. Maybe I'll kind of do some more with that. Like you you would never know unless you tried, you know? So um, that's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, what often inspires your songwriting? Um, I would, so I guess I have a few different sort of categories of songs. Some of them are, um more maybe fantasy character driven so i'll make up an interesting character and write a song that surrounds sort of their life um like i have a song called rubik's cube which kind of follows the life of this uh anthropomorphic rubik's cube in uh in that's kind of washed up in an old town or sometimes I'll have ones that are sort of a narrative either romantic or tragic love song sort of from other someone else's perspective so I'll I'll, I'll just take somebody else's story and kind of like use my own experience to run with that so I've had plenty of of friends who have given me stories and then I kind of write that from their point of view um and then I also just have some songs that are more um, word painting than anything. So the lyrics are kind of just more meant to be evocative of, of imagery rather than uh, me pulling from like a specific experience or a specific story. Um, and then just, you know, ones from sort of my, my own experience that, uh, can really either generally either uh like large events of either love or pain i guess do you find that you approach songs that are your own experience versus like a story or from someone else's experience in a different way like do you think that like since some of it is coming naturally like from your own lived experience that it you know almost formulates in a different way than ones that are either a complete like like you said like fantasy story or like someone else's experience like do you think that those are identifiable in a way that like meaning like they're separated almost in the way that they're kind of structured or approached yeah I think naturally I'm sort of more drawn to writing from someone else's experience because for some reason it just kind of writes a little bit easier. I I don't know if I get more um, self-conscious or what, but it's easier. I find it easier to write about somebody else's feelings than necessarily, which necessarily explicitly my own. Obviously when I'm writing about somebody else's feelings, I'm using my own experience to write about their, you know, uh, story. But um, if I'm writing about, I'm trying to write about something that specifically happened to me. Um, 
it's it's a little bit more difficult. I just find it easier to sort of try and jump in somebody else's uh, mind and, and run from there. I mean, sometimes it can be easier because then you can kind of take an unbiased perspective on it in a way where it's just kind yes. of like you can just really play the outsider and play it the way that anybody else that's listening would kind of see that same situation. Um, it it always adds for a different perspective when you're kind of taking it like from a third person point of view rather than the first person. I mean, it's that that's reasons why like some authors choose to write third person rather than from first person. It's just a different perspective. It can always make things interesting. Plus, especially if you don't see that very often, like I feel like a lot of people write from first person point of view more than third. It kind of adds to that sort of difference as well. Yeah, I'm also I'm also like realized recently I, I've started writing this song that's going to be on the next album. And uh and it's about my personal experience, but it it's sort of I was writing some parts that sort of more explicitly point out my flaws. And I had this sort of instinct to be like, oh wait, no, that not that. And then I realized like, no, I should it's it's easier to do that when I'm writing about somebody else to point mm -hmm. out the main character's flaws, um, even if they do apply to me. But it's just easier to be like, oh, this is somebody else. Uh, but this one was more explicitly about my experience, and I'm like, let me like work on like actually leaving in what are you know my flaws. Like, um, so I think that's part of part of it too. It's just sort of like a natural aversion to like at least outwardly criticizing myself yeah i mean i definitely think that there is something to be said for that kind of writing because it's like it is hard to really like own the things that you're writing about when it's not you know painting you in the best light but yes. at the same time it's like they don't like nobody listening to that necessarily knows that it's your lived experience you know it's it's yeah they can take it and run with it however they choose the only people that are going to really know that are you and then anybody who like knows the situation so um but it is it is i wrestle with the same thing it's a little bit of a challenge to kind of tear down that wall and allow for what's essentially behind that wall to be put into the song um because sometimes it's things that we just really don't want to own up to um, as much as maybe we should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you had to create a new genre around your style of music, what would you call it? Ooh, <clears throat> that's, that's a good one. Uh, I've really struggled trying to create a sort of overarching to try and like label myself, like, cause you kind of have to when you when you send it off to like uh when you send it off to people or like anytime you have to like categorize mm -hmm. um your music it, it it's it's kind of a struggle and i usually thankfully usually there's multiple boxes and i'll have to like check multiple boxes but it's really hard because honestly from song to song it kind of varies quite a bit and um i would say i mean i've i've called it um baroque pop indie slop 
um i feel i feel really hard to like distill it down into one category um uh, just because it pulls from so many different mm -hmm. categories i've been inspired by so many different genres of music um but i think indie slop is too bad because it's kind of a melting an unrefined melting pot of different uh inspirations yeah i mean indie like indie's kind of turning into pop anymore where it's like it means a lot of different things it's yeah. not just a like a lot of people like throw it on there as like indie pop as like a i'm independent and i make like pop music but it's like indie also at the same time kind of has its own little genre which is just it's like it's like the age-old question of like if it if it wasn't called pop because it's popular what would it be called you know like that's yeah. just a tricky thing indie's turning into be the same thing um what i'm curious what the sort of like background is behind choosing to throw baroque in there because i've seen that like on like like that's what you kind of like described it as like submitting and stuff and so i was like i've never heard that really before like i think baroque i think like older like sort of like not classical because it's like a type of that sort of era of music but it's just not something that you hear very often so where does that kind of come from yeah so the the actually only other well there's two but on both my albums there's only one other consistent collaborator who's been on it and that's uh my friend um andrew and he's a a cellist and so i've uh for a lot of songs on both albums that I've released, I've written um, like cello quartet arrangements. And so I'll, I would go to his house and we'd record these. And a lot of them were used from, I was able to take uh, music theory in, in high school. And so we used, uh, we like learned sort of all the classical counterpoint music writing. And so I, I drew from that heavily to like, um, write these cello accompaniment pieces and so a lot of my songs have sort of uh classical strings in them and i was trying to figure out if there was a name for that and uh i uh, there's plenty there's actually uh baroque pop is its own uh wikipedia page and i was like listening to other songs and i was like oh okay this is what these songs would be classified in and there's a lot of like there's a couple ballads with like strings in them and then there's a lot of them that <clears throat> uh, rely heavily on on like the uh the cello accompaniment that kind of really make them and so um and a lot of them are, are sort of more classically style written but then like kind of mixed with this sort of more modern indie folk or sometimes they're kind of more in harder songs as well no, that, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, Baroque is, I just like it, it kind of to your benefit then makes it kind of stand out a little bit because like I say, you don't hear that very often, um, especially tied with things that are also classified as like indie rock. Um, like that's, it's just, it's a completely like you think at least like for me, you think Baroque, you think like years and years ago of like classical kind of music. So having that sort of element is um, definitely interesting. Um, and like I said, definitely bodes well for you that it's not a commonality in 
indie rock specifically, but just music really in general anymore. Um, is there a song that you've put out that you think best embodies who you are as an artist? Like in a way of if you had one song to kind of sell somebody on, like listening to the rest of your music, being a fan of yours, what song do you show them to kind of show who you are as an artist? Um, ooh. All right, I'll try and pick one. Uh, I guess I would say my song Next Destination, which was by the second single. And that kind of has, uh, it's definitely more poppy, but it has like sort of a little bit of each of the elements, I feel like, in most of my songs. That's uh, that's one that I'm particularly proud of um, and was like really with, happy with how it turned out. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I feel like it kind of uh, has a little bit of of like what each of the other songs i listen to have uh, and that but that's the other thing is that i've i've talked to like like when my friends have told me their favorite song it really really varies so it seems like there might be a little something for everyone but i i haven't gotten necessarily a consistent answer on which one people like best it is, it can be tricky, especially when there's like a lot of variance. Um, like everybody's going to gravitate towards, towards something different. But I've also found that a lot of people say that like their own personal favorite of like their own music is rarely the one that's like sitting at the top of Spotify or the one that like everybody else loves. And why that is, I will never know. But um, what would you say, like, would you say that that one is your personal favorite as well or is it just that it kind of encompasses everything as much as one can um i would say i probably have like a few favorites and it's one of them okay i have a hard time choosing yeah i mean it, it you you made them all so it's like yeah. it's almost <laughs> like you have to feel bad for the ones that you don't pick you know yeah um 
at least that's how I always feel. It's like, I can't pick one because it's like, then the other ones are going to feel bad. Um, you know, cause you know, these inanimate objects definitely have feelings, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had to pick two or three artists that you think your music is like a combination of, who would you choose? That's a good question. Um, So off the bat, definitely a lot of the um, uh, cello ensemble work was very inspired by uh, the um, George Martin, who did producing for the Beatles, who did a lot of the strings arrangements for their songs. And so I kind of really dove into that to like see what sort of stuff he was doing and how I could kind of use that into, into my songs. And he did, a, I mean, he did more than just the st strings arrangements, but he kind of came up with a lot of the, the little ideas for how to put the songs together. Um, uh, I would say as far as like indie rock inspiration goes, Probably one of my biggest inspirations is uh, the band Wunderbar out of Boston. Um, they've gotten pretty big now, but uh, yeah, they've they've definitely been um, the biggest inspiration and in sort of like that sort of rock side of things. Um, and oh man, there's there's so many to to pull from. Those were definitely the two biggest ones for my first album, I would say um who kind of influenced both the harder and the softer songs and then I, I would listen to like a little bit of like several artists it's hard to pick other than that no it definitely is like especially like you've said like you're experimenting with all these different things so there's going to be a lot of inspiration for all of those different things and so how do you take all this and bring it down to two or three people um it's it's not easy even if you're in a narrow lane like i i've tried making up my three and it's just i can't limit it like they change yeah i'm like oh it could be like but this could be one and then like this could be another but that's <laughs> you know it's it's not it's not easy to just pin down because no. i mean we consume so much of it so it's like how do you just narrow it down to be these few people um unless you're like a cookie cutter like junior version of said artist you're not yeah. going to be limited to just that so what is an outside passion of yours that you feel impacts who you are as an artist um well i guess uh, I, I'm like a pretty advanced amateur home cook. And so I have a pretty expansive kitchen and I like to um, experiment with all different types of cuisines and even sometimes mix those cuisines together. And so I think that kind of is very similar to how I approach music in that way as well, is that I like to um try all sorts of different um 
you know, music from all sorts of different backgrounds and try putting it together and see, you know, how it works. And if it doesn't work, how can I make it work better? Um, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's very, my approach to, to cooking as well is very similar to my approach to music. Um, and that it's just sort of like, I like to try and find a, a synergy or like a collaboration between multiple elements that you might not think would go together. This is going to be an interesting, I'm going to, I'm not sure where this is going to go, but if you had to kind of indicate your music as like, like a, like meal, what do you put on that plate? That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> as much uh, as you can, you know, it's not. You know what? I think it, I think it, it would probably be a pizza. Okay. Um, and it would probably be a pizza with a lot of different things, like maybe. I'd say because there's a lot of like Appalachian Southern influence. So maybe chopped fried chicken. Um, <laughs> this is a fun question. Um, Louisiana hot sauce. Uh, part skin mozzarella. Get some veggies on there maybe some uh fresh olives pickled jalapenos and after it comes out the oven maybe some marinated red onion <laughs> okay that was, um, that was interesting to visualize <laughs> <laughs> well i mean a pizza like that was like you set yourself up well with it like that's an easy canvas because you so many people put so many different things on pizza i've had some weird pizzas my friends and i've done some weird we have like a we call it like a crazy pizza thing and so like i've had like orange chicken on pizza before it's yes. wasn't bad wasn't bad by any means but it's like like that kind of allows you to kind of put whatever you want on it so it's like your daw is essentially just a pizza that you just kind of throw some olives and fried chicken at you know that's that's pretty much how i approach it and i'd probably have a different <laughs> completely different answer next week <laughs> i feel like i feel like yeah I, I try to use like multiple different elements that uh maybe unusually work together but it's all kind of encompassed by you know it all sort of fits into my sort of style I mean, as long as it all works together, it doesn't really matter what it is necessarily. Like I saw something the other day and it was Phineas talking about how like if people like put out their stems, like if artists like released their stems, like people would see that it's really just the layer of things that makes it all work together. Like if you solo any of these things, it's it's as he put it, like it's it's no good. Like, yeah, it, that like solo guitar part is going to be like there's going to be 
you know things wrong with it and stuff and but it's like since it's just a piece of the puzzle it doesn't have to fit in there like perfectly it just has to make sense with everything around it so like if you have two completely different sounds or instruments or what have you like as long as those things interact in a like cordial way and they like you know they get along and they make their way through you're fine as long as it like it's unless they're like canceling each other out or like very jarring together like who cares what it is it works you yeah. know if the shoe fits wear it so yeah absolutely um i've definitely done that before where i'll show my friend the breakdown of each song and <clears throat> they don't realize how many like little parts that sound so silly on their own just like kind of add up to one you know especially if you're recording like uh, almost like a choir piece where you have to kind of make different voice like a different voice and mm -hmm. you have to make like different silly voices and put them together um or if you're doing like background vocals like sometimes on their own they sound crazy but in the mix they sound right yeah i've seen videos of people like oh this is how i put like this chorus together and then they do these like yeah. goofy different like articulations of how they like sung that line and i'm like that's not going to sound right. And then you hear it all together. I'm like, well, this makes sense. Yes. Like, this this works, you know, but like by itself, absolutely not. You know, it just, it doesn't matter what puzzle, puzzle pieces are there. You just want the finished product, you know, like it's as long as the finished product is clean and looks nice and everything's like in a line, you're fine. All the little weird things that might happen in between, that stays between me and logic, you know? <laughs> So, um, what is the ideal listening scenario for someone to consume your music in? Um, maybe in an old car with a cassette player. Interesting. Popping pop a cassette. Something that sounds very warm and a little, just slightly off, but it kind of makes the atmosphere. <laughs> Okay. An old car specifically. Old car, yeah. Okay. Uh, like kind of warm, barely running. Just like <laughs> chilling on the way to work. Just like press and play on the cassette. <laughs> I can tell you the last time I saw a cassette player. I got That's... two of them right here. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Those were even, I think, on their they were relatively on their way out when I was a kid. Like CDs were the thing when I was a kid. Yeah. Which may, I feel like right now makes me sound old, but <laughs> um, I don't know. We definitely yeah, had, we definitely had some cassettes, you know, that was right there with the VHS, you know, that was in that same ballpark. And both of them are kind of making a comeback a little bit. There's, there's a little bit of a cassette scene both here in New York and um, down in Asheville, where I'm from, I have a <clears throat> in my collection. I have a whole collection of of uh, cassettes from artists that I know in Asheville, North Carolina. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, vinyl made its comeback, you know. So who's yeah. to say that cassettes won't, CDs won't? Um, it's gonna be vintage soon enough, you know. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is it that you think sets you apart? from other independent artists? Um, 
I don't think of it. I can't think of anything specifically. I mean, I think just at least the basic thing that sort of sets us all apart is just the little random choices that we make. Cause definitely a lot of, um, I will make a lot of impromptu on the fly decisions when I'm recording a song. Sometimes I'll <clears throat> go in with like a pretty clear idea, but then it'll end up sounding completely different to like what I initially thought I would do. Cause I would be halfway through and I'd be like, Oh wait, this needs, you know, that's kind of what happened with my first album. I was like, Oh, this could use like a cello arrangement or on the second album. I was like, maybe I'll get like a trumpet for this one. And so I had a, I had a friend who, who actually played saxophone on one of the, on a couple of the songs um, or, you know, now I'll be playing a song and I'm like, this could actually use like tubular bells, you know? And, and so just like the little <laughs> sort of, like micro decisions that we sort of all make when we're when we're writing new songs i think that's that's pretty much it nothing specifically different than uh, any other indie musician necessarily i mean sort of the, the randomness of our brain patterns fair enough but i do think like i mean you took it upon yourself to learn these different instruments and got started that way and like like you said like like i said baroque never heard anyone put that in the same <laughs> sentence as describing their music. Like that's a little bit different. Um, give yourself some credit, you know? <laughs> um, I don't think everybody's writing these different old school cello arrangements and stuff. I use yeah. strings a lot, but mine are very modern, you know? Right. So um, it's interesting. I've, you know, I've never, I've stumbled upon tubular bells, but I've never been like, Oh, that's what this needs you know like that's that's out of pocket that's something that i just you know we wouldn't expect it's not like the whole like thing where people are like oh cowbell because it's like people do it like ironically it's like tubular bells like who's thinking of that apparently for, you are <laughs> that's for like an unreleased uh punk song as well <laughs> oh my gosh that and a see like that's just this is a combination of things that you just wouldn't expect but it works yeah, I, I was another one. I mean, the first one that I had an idea of was on the, on the second album. The first song has a uh, is sort of more almost punk and sort of like the Clash type punk, but not not super hardcore, but like you know a little bit hard. That one has like a saxophone solo on it, um, like a distorted saxophone solo. And I mean, that was an idea though that I got from my friend who's a saxophone player who said he used to playing a punk band and I was like oh does that work and so uh, when I was working on the song I was like I guess this could fit here and so I asked them to send me a few and uh and one of them just really fit really well and so I was like just the more I've been going the more I've been open to like maybe you know trying to find different choices that don't necessarily sound like they'd work at first but you know that's just because maybe most people haven't tried it right and that's back to the whole experimentation thing like some people like once you're comfortable with what you know and what you like and what your kind of lane is when you kind of start writing a lot of things in that same area it's like okay like I'm comfortable but like comfort isn't necessarily what you want to its entirety like you don't need to be bouncing off of 
10 different walls going from one thing to the next, making things that are completely different from one another. But like, fuck around with some different elements, you know, like you never know what might work. And if you like limit yourself to this, like one sort of lane, you're never going to allow yourself to expand your sound or like, you know, like you might be missing out on a little like part that might, you know, not make or break, but like could make the song like a lot better with just having this like one extra little element that you wouldn't have thought of because you stayed in your one little corner, you know? Um, Experimentation is like huge, even if it's like in a small way, like it doesn't have to be something completely like off the walls, but just like see what happens, you know? Yeah. People should be doing that more than they are, but I think so too. That's what it is. (laughs) leaves the more more for us i guess yeah um what impact do you want to have with your music and your artistry um i mean if anything maybe maybe to shift um i mean it seems like there's already been a little bit of a shift in uh music listening tastes like i feel like more people than ever are getting into sort of more niche sounds and genres but to i guess to be part of like sort of a bigger shift into expanding um you know music taste expanding sort of cultural knowledge um uh you know really like challenging people to to try and um go out there and seek more inspiration than from what's right in front of them um and to really sort of diversify their own knowledge of of music and art in general yeah i mean definitely i think things are expanding more especially because like with streaming everything has become a lot more accessible so you can come across a lot of different things but it is interesting to see how like there are like there are some niche genres that you probably have never heard of but like for some people it's like oh like I really like that and stuff now and I think it'll continue to kind of go that way but who knows you know like who knows what might develop I mean we already have hundreds of subgenres under every freaking umbrella yeah. so um that might just continue so who knows yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, I think that brings us to the final question, which is ultimately the concept behind the podcast, which is why music? Um, I think it's just something I, I just can't really leave it alone. I've definitely considered like other maybe more lucrative careers, but um, ultimately anytime I've been like, oh, I could do this to like, you know, kind of be more financially successful. It's been so that I can continue to make and release music on my own terms. And so it's kind of everything has been more in service of, of music and just largely art in general. Uh, and I think it's just cause that's, that's where I'm most comfortable expressing myself um to other people like um 
it's gotten better where I can kind of talk to people on stage and, and, you know, sort of be more personal and open, but I'm just way more comfortable when I'm like performing music specifically rather than doing any sort of anything else. Like if I were to do a monologue or if I were to like try and do stand up or something, I, I, I just feel more comfortable when I'm up there performing music and it's just sort of uh the the language that i like feel most comfortable speaking besides english that's definitely a good way to put it like people say music is like the universal language and as cheesy as that has become and as cliche as that has become it's kind of true like you can tell the stories with the lyrics as much as you want but if you write a song about something that's you know like not the most fun experience but then you make it like completely different sonically it's like what are we doing here um the 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 music part itself is just kind of a continuation or expansion almost of the idea at hand and it's just kind of what can really further the impact of that emotion it's like hey i might be telling you like these details from this story but it's like what you're going to hear like sonically is what's going to really tell you how i feel about it um and really drive home kind of that further idea it's it's why music is used in movies and tv shows it's like it's there's a like it it serves a bigger purpose than just you know being fun for the ear um which is always a really interesting sort of experience because you don't like it's endless absolutely like new ideas and new like sounds and things are constantly being found and used and it's why music evolves over time like we're changing you know it's 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 nuts how we do this i don't know (laughs) i don't know i don't know either it's that thing about the brain patterns that you said earlier that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) it just sort of happens it is um well i think that brings us to the end of this episode of the why music podcast check back again next week for another conversation with another independent artist thanks for listening where's the button (gasps) ah